Hello, I'm Alice Arnold. Welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre podcast. This week, my guest is a very handsome Welsh actor called Luke Evans, and he's just released a new album. I'm Alice Arnold, and we've got a special programme today with Luke Evans. Now, Luke has Hi. had an extra. Hello, I'm not talking to you yet. I'm introducing you, Luke. Oh, go on. Go on. <laughs> Luke has had an extraordinary career. You started really in West End musicals like Rent and Miss Saigon, but since then, well, you've turned into a film star, basically, <laughs> haven't you? Well, you have. You've been in The Hobbit, Dracula, Girl on the Train, but. For this show, we are going back to your musical roots because you've released an album. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Now, you started your theatre career very much as a singer. You're Welsh. Mm-hmm. We know the Welsh have a massive tradition of singing. And you moved to Cardiff to study singing. Is that right? Um, I didn't move to Cardiff to study singing. I moved to Cardiff because I left home and I wanted to... Um, uh, I was just wanted to leave home, really. So at 16, which is quite young, I know. But I was ready to spread my wings and uh, get on with my life. And um, I used to have a giant... My first job was in River Island in Cardiff. It was uh, it was a Christmas temp in the shoe department. And I used to save £15 a week and go to a singing teacher. Uh, her name was Louise Ryan. And uh, she happened to teach uh, a very young Charlotte Church as well. So she's done all right. <laughs> <laughs> she has a school now, I think. She's done really well for herself. And that's where, that's where it began, really. It was just one one hour a week. And then maybe three or four months, I'd started to do competitions like Eisteddfods, which is the Welsh talent competitions. Mm-hmm. And I was winning my, all my categories. And and then I went for an audition for a scholarship to London and got on the bus, came to London, and um, I won it. I won a scholarship, which... Which was point, to where? Which was to the London Studio Centre in King's mm-hmm. Cross, which is not there anymore. It's somewhere else now. But... Um, yeah, so I went for the audition. It was mainly for an experience. It wasn't for me to win the scholarship. And um, I sang Bring Him Home, which was a track, which is actually on the album now, which I thought would be r- poignant. And uh, I won the scholarship. At that point, I'd moved on to work in a bank as the mail boy. <clears throat> so I was stamping the mail in the mornings. And I got a phone call maybe a week after I'd come home from the audition. And my singing teacher just said, you've got it. <laughs> I was like, watch it. You've, you've won the scholarship. I was like, what? She's like, I know. I'm shocked too. What do we do? What do we do? And I was like, well, that was, that was what I said. What do we do? And she said, well, you you Take resign, it. you pack your suitcase or whatever you have and you go to move to London. And that's what I did. But this, uh, this is very sort of a lot of ingenuity on your part because did you have parental support as well or was it the singing well, teacher that really kind of pushed you? Um, no, my mum and dad, who are very supportive of me and have been always but they never pushed me to do the musical stuff at all that was all me um and i'd left home by that point as well so by the time i moved to london my parents were just looking on from the valleys i'd moved to Cardiff, and they were thinking well oh, this is our kid he's on, he's on his way he's, he's doing this himself and in a way it was clear to them that i had a dream and i had a passion and nothing or no one was going to get in my way i was going to have a real good go at it and so yeah it was my singing teacher that really put me on the right road there and um and it was 1997 i arrived i arrived very sadly the day diana died to london so it was a very strange time for me at 17 to get to arrive to this big city which i'd sort of known intermittently over the years a place i loved 
but turn up when the whole city was in mourning. It was a very strange time. Yeah, at 17 as well. That's 17. just, that's so young. We're going to leap forward a couple of years now. So we, you, we're going to just jump until you are an established film star. There we okay. go. We'll leap that. That's quite a big leap. Uh. <laughs> it's quite a big leap. Yeah. <laughs> You've just chucked in your job at banking, and, and here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Massive. Um, but you played Gaston in the in the film Beauty of the Beast. Tell us, tell us about that experience. I mean, it it's it was it was a magical, brilliant, happy experience, which I will never forget, and I probably won't be not be allowed to forget it. Actually, more. <laughs> More accurately, um, it's the it's the film that I'm stopped for on the street or anywhere actually more than anything else I've ever done, probably because it's been seen by so many millions of people now. And uh, is it children that stop you? No, too? it's no. not just children. No. But it is weird that it is the first film that I did that children now know who I am, and it is a lot of children, and you know they they're a little scared most of the time, but intrigued as to what I'll be like, you know. It's funny because kids still see you as the character, which mm -hmm. is a lo it's lovely and also strange. But um, I was very reluctant to go up for the job. If the truth is I, I just didn't know whether I wanted to portray this baddie in, in a first sort of musical venture into movies. And it wasn't until one of my best friends, who I'm the godfather to his three children who were very young, I said, I just don't know whether this is the character I want to portray. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is an amazing role. And he said, I said, well, I'll do. I'll bring the kids over on Sunday and you can watch the animation from 1991, which I hadn't seen for a very long time. And I remember the music extremely well, you know. So they came over and we all sat on the sofa. And the second Gaston came on the screen, the kids started to get very animated. You know, they were like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah. But then when the song started, they were all dancing and jigging away. And I thought, well, actually, there's a lot to this character that from a human perspective, I can bring even more layers to him. And I can maybe like maybe get the audience to like him a little bit more than they would of the animation. But then when he turns really bad, you know, it's going to really mess up and mess them up, you know. So I had it was a joy. And I got to meet a, a person I've become very, very close to, Josh Gad who plays LeFou, my sidekick, and uh, we are working together uh, in the future. We have, we have a film in, with a development with Netflix and a few other things that we've got in the pipeline because we had such a great experience. And um, that's where it's about, you know, um, the experience of, of doing something like that. And, you know, you've become part of Disney history in a way. And, and if it wasn't for that, uh, that new movie about uh, an orphaned um, lion cub missing his dad, we'd still be the highest grossing live action <laughs> Disney movie of all time. <laughs> I just want to touch a bit on more of your West End work. One of your first jobs was in Rent, mm. the, the musical It was actually the Rent. last musical I did before I ventured into a straight straight play that was the I, I did that in 2007 I think so were all your first jobs were all musicals they, yeah so I started with La Carver and then Miss Saigon and Taboo the Boy George musical mm -hmm. and uh, Avenue Q and and then and then Rent yeah and I the thing I love about Rent is that ensemble feeling about it mm. that and uh, I mean I presume you just loved working in a <sighs> in a big group like that and the music the music is it's so iconic it's so it's ageless in you you start singing those first few notes of um seasons of love 
and they'll be with you mm -hmm. till you go to sleep tonight and possibly when you wake up tomorrow morning. That's how catchy they are. And it's also a very important story that's told. It's, you know, it, it's New York during the AIDS epidemic and about how this young group of people, some suffering with the disease, how they struggle through. And it's, it is, it's about uh, support and family and, and, and um, loneliness and loss. It's a really powerful story and um, very, very well done. And very before that, you had Puppet... <laughs> on your beside you, Avenue Q. I have seen a little clip of this on YouTube. Ah, it's yeah. gorgeous. Um, <laughs> how was your relationship with the puppets? Well, I, and, and another thing that I'd always wanted to do was be a puppeteer, and um, so it just seemed perfect sense to go up for an audition for Avenue Q as it was coming to London, and uh, I ended up being part of the original London cast of, of Avenue Q, which I can't even remember how many years ago, like 14, 15 years ago. So, yeah, and, you know, I have a lot of voices in my head, good ones, but a lot of character voices. And so I was able to m merge them into using the puppets. And it was a magical thing. And I have to say, it's something that my, my godchildren um, love me doing. You know, I can, even without a puppet on my hand, I can, you know, do the hand thing, you know and make the mouth move, and people start looking at my hand and not my mouth. You're the perfect babysitter. Oh, yes. You are just yes, the perfect. Yeah, so to put the kids to bed with Luke. <laughs> Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke will entertain Except you probably make them a bit excited if you're doing That's the puppets right. thing, and then someone else has got to calm them That's down right. before they go to sleep. Um, yeah. You're That's that kind trick. of godfather, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, actually not that useful. Yeah. <laughs> now, Luke, going back to your early childhood in Wales, you were brought up as a Jehovah's Witness. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. But you left school and the church. Well, that Was that something you sort of rejected? Um, not rejected. There was nothing sort of angry about what I did. It was just... Um, I, th I, I have an interesting... Well, not interesting. I think it's just... The way I look at religion is that you should choose your own. I don't think you should be born into a, a faith or a belief you have to choose your own belief when you're old enough to understand what a belief is and what it consists of and being part of a religion and a denomination. You can't just, because your parents are something, mean that you are going to, and that sometimes works out and you end up staying in that religion. But I don't see that it should be a given that, you know, you grow up and stay with that belief. And so that's how I felt. Um, I'm very happy. My mum and dad are happy and they still are in the, in the religion and they're very they're great and their friends are wonderful and they have a great life a very strong community, a very supportive network of friends that are, that are witnesses. And um, so I'm, I'm very happy for them, but it was never going to be my life. And so um, by the time I was 16, I already knew that I wanted to leave the religion. I wanted to go to college. I wanted to move to London. I Also, village life for me was never enough. I just was not... And I don't know why, but because everybody else in my, 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 my family are all, you know, very content in in the in the valleys and that's great you know but for me it was never enough i always my heart rate would go up when i got off the bus to come and see a show in london on a you know wednesday afternoon matinee or wherever it would be and i'd wander the streets and go to the museums and see more people in 3 hours than i would see in 6 months you know and i knew that this was a city i wanted to come and live in and sure enough it happened quicker than i expected but it was it was a dream i never looked back and um, 
but that was my life. That's the life I wanted. And so I chose to do it. And it was a, it was a big step. And I think it was a bit scary for my mom and dad to see the only child, you know, step foot into a world which they didn't really know very much about, you know. But um, I did. I'd go back to the Shire sometime. Luke, the album is out on the 22nd of November. Now, we've talked a lot about your musical work, obviously, because this album is, is focused on that. Um, would you return, do you think, to the West End stage, or is it all films Never say now? never. Um, I, the, I, I have a, quite a busy 2020. Um, I've got a lot of things uh, uh, on the slate, so it won't be soon. Um, also, it's about finding the amount of time that it takes to to rehearse and then do a show, you know, if you're going to carry a show, you need to commit at least six months to it. So that doesn't sound very long, but actually to me, that's a, a lot of time to commit to something. So it well, would you have can't to do anything else at the same time. No, that's, you can't. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's full on, you know, and I know what it means. I know what it's like to do musical theatre mm-hmm. or do a theatre show. It's exhausting and you can't really do anything else but that. So who knows? I would like to, if I'm going to go to the theatre, back to the theatre, it would be nice to do Broadway because I've never done Broadway. Um, so let's see. I definitely am approached regularly, and I, I want to do it. Um, well, yeah, because all that gaston, all those fans are in on in America wanting to see you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just finding the right job, the what right would role. You, if you could pick a, a show, is there anything that oh. you think, oh, I'd love to play that part? I don't know. I mean, I always wanted to be Jean Valjean in, in, in Les Mis, but that's been ruined because Mr. Hugh Jackman's taken that so I never get the chance to do that anymore um, so I don't know I don't know maybe something new maybe something original it must be also fun to originate a character but um, yeah I mean I did do my favourite musical which was Miss Saigon you know, was that, so that's your favourite yeah the music in that really is mm. you know especially for the man it's a, it's a beautiful beautiful journey vocally and, um, and Rent you know they were two of my favourites so who knows but um, this industry, you've got to be ready for anything. You're ready for any kind of offer or job because things move around very, very much. And you, you think you're going in one direction, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're doing something else, and you wasn't expecting it. And I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to adapt, and I'm ready for anything that might be put in front of me. And if it's right, then you know. See you on the West End. Well, you look ready for anything. You are, as you say, incredibly busy. So thank you so much for coming in. That was Luke Evans talking about his life and career. Now, if you enjoyed that podcast, you can rate it. You can give it stars, apparently. Don't know how you do that, but you can. So give it lots. 